We are joined now by Ryan Aber from the Oklahoma. And Ryan, it's uh, another big weekend in the Big 12, and you've got uh, the, the two Baylor teams headed to uh, to Norman, baseball and softball. Let's begin with baseball. Your overall thoughts on this series and, and the significance of opening Big 12 conference play for Oklahoma and the Bears already having played three games. Yeah, I think certainly uh, Oklahoma under Skip Johnson wants to get off to a uh, a hot start in, in Big 12 play. Didn't have the season that they were, would have liked uh, last year, and they've been uh, you know a little bit up and down this year. Had some really good performances, especially uh, pitching performances, but uh, have struggled at times. So they certainly want to get off to a, a good start against the against the Bears tonight. Um, especially given the fact that they give give away a uh, home series next weekend, uh, playing Texas uh, down in Arlington instead of uh, up here in Norman. On the softball side of things, just how good is this OU softball team? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just incredible. I mean, you think about all the offensive records that they – uh, set last year, uh, you know, uh, home run slugging percentage, uh, and, and on, runs on and on and on. And so far this team has been better than that. And they've had the best pitching staff in the country as well. Uh, uh on top of that, I mean, they, they've only, uh, 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 taken, I think it's, uh, three games, uh, to at least seven innings out of their 26, 26 and zero, just a, dominant uh, so far and uh, it's really hard to see that uh, uh, coming to an end anywhere short of uh, going back to Oklahoma City just because of how good they've been on on both sides and and Jocelyn Allo as good as she's been uh, throughout her career setting the home run record has been hitting since she broke the record has been hitting the best of her career which is uh, a pretty dangerous thing to say. <laughs> at 26-0, and 0, do they ever concern themselves about staying focused and motivated? I mean, uh, because it, it does appear from the outside looking in that, it, you know, that it comes pretty easy to them right now. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is we were talking to uh, Patty Gasso yesterday, and it, it, she's been sort of down on this team, uh, and, and not that – talking you know really bad about them but basically said they were you know running along at about a five or a six and and needed to turn it up a little bit you know sometimes losing a game can sharpen that focus we saw that last year when they lost to uh, Georgia in the non-conference schedule and that really uh, turned them back around Uh, but uh, you know so far even at a at a five or a six like she said they've been just dominating teams and and that'll happen when you've got uh, you know not only Jocelyn Allo but somebody like T.R.A. Jennings in the lineup and then on the other side uh, a freshman like Jordy Ball and a transfer pitcher like Hope Troutwine just the the depth that they've got on both sides uh, you know both in the pitching circle and at the plate is just incredible. Does she ever talk about getting enough innings for everybody because of how they run rule so many teams? <laughs> yeah, it, it she's definitely had to manage that, and certainly manage it, especially with the pitchers. There's a lot of times where you know they'll work uh, you know three or, or or four innings each, 
uh, and then they'll rotate somebody in to try to get everybody a decent amount of innings. But it's certainly difficult. I mean, you think about all the at-bats and all the innings pitched that they've lost by run rule. I mean, it's just uh, incredible uh, to think. Let's see, the last time that they had a a seven-inning game uh, for them was way back on February 27th. It's been almost a month. So uh, it's just this run that they're on is, is just unbelievable. But at the same time, it's just stuff like this has sort of become the norm under Patty Gasso. Ryan, I want to switch gears on you a little bit and talk basketball. When you, what are the thoughts of Porter Moser's first season up in Oklahoma? What's the pulse around Norman? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I'd say slightly disappointed just because I think uh, a lot of folks around here thought that they would at least make the NCAA tournament. But when they miss it, to be able to uh, you know win that initial NIT game and um, have a couple more home games, uh, the, the way that they were able to play in both of those really, but it, certainly especially the win, I think people are uh, you know, a little bit uh, looking forward to, to what's going to happen under Porter Moser. Uh, the, the, the higher, uh, the way that they finished uh, certainly gave people uh, the, you know, some optimism. I think the biggest question is right now is, one, does Emoja Gibson uh, hang around? And I think uh, there's a lot of indications that he will. He had a great uh, end of the season as they finished strong. Uh, and then the other question is, how are they going to be able to uh, add size in the middle? Because that was the one thing that was missing for this team. You know, Tanner Groves wasn't the big, uh, you know, bang it out in the middle and be able to defend on that end as well uh, type of guy. You know, he's more uh, acclimated to either being a guy off the bench or, or the four spot. Uh, that's the one thing that they were missing uh, this season. Uh, that they need to add, but I think uh, you know overall, some like I said, some disappointment that they missed the tournament, but at the same time, some optimism for the future in that uh, Porter Moser got this team turned around after a really rocky uh, stretch there toward the end of the regular season. Let's keep bouncing around. Let's talk about spring football. Uh, obviously, a, a new coach, new coaching staff. That's one element. W- what are some of the other things that this staff needs to get done? in your opinion, this spring uh, to, to head into fall? Oh, there's all, all kinds of stuff. But you've got to start off with uh, you know, the, the, just the install of both the offenses and the defenses. I think for them, on the offensive side, uh, it's such a benefit that they got Dylan Gabriel out of the transfer portal, not just because of his talent. and He's shown uh, plenty of it uh, during his time at uh, Central Florida, but because he knows Jeff Levy's offense and, and has it down already, so there's no big learning curve for him, and he can help those other guys uh, you know, get their, their minds around it. One of the biggest things is adjusting to the tempo uh, that they play with. You know, y'all uh, are, are well familiar with that uh, down in Waco, what uh, you know, some of the things that that offense looked like. Uh, a few years ago now it has uh, gone through some adjustment as Jeff Webby has moved from you know Central Florida and then to Ole Miss to here but uh, one of the, the biggest focuses has been that tempo uh, that they play with and then on the defensive side it's uh, uh, finding 
who is going to fit in the secondary because they lost some really key guys over there, especially at safety with Pat Fields transferring and Delarian Turner Yell heading into the NFL. Uh, they've got to find some some uh, uh, folks over there uh, that are going to perform well because they struggled at times there uh, uh, last year. Uh, but uh, all kinds of storylines around the Sooners coming into the spring with new coaches all over and new 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 players all over that they expect to uh, contribute right away, especially that large group of transfers. How are these players adjusting to that practice rate of Jeff Lebby because his offense runs fast and he wants to put strain on them, especially during the spring, so it's not a big surprise to them coming up. But mentally and physically, it's draining on a player. How are they adjusting to that? Yeah, we got a chance to talk to some offensive guys yesterday, and they said it was definitely an adjustment, but uh, the fact that they've got Jerry Schmidt uh, there uh, now uh, back as a strength and conditioning coach, he's uh, pretty notorious for putting his players through the ringer. Uh, they say that that's helped, but they say they've got to uh, just play at it for, for a while here in the spring to get used to uh, going through it during the games because uh, – uh, they, they've got to uh, be able to uh, play at that really fast tempo. And that's something that they really didn't do uh, much of the last couple of years under Lincoln Riley. Did it early in his, his term, but uh, haven't played much at a quick tempo uh, recently. So uh, it's certainly been an adjustment, but uh, just one that takes time to get there on. Ryan, and on the defensive side of the thing uh, of the ball, we know that Brett Venables is known for having that complex system on the defensive side. How how long is it going to take for that adjustment to come in um, from what they were able, what they were seeing under Alex Grinch to now learning this new system? Yeah, it's certainly a lot for them. We got a chance to talk to some defensive guys earlier this week, and and they said it's uh, just a, a different world, you know, playbook wise with everything that they've got to take in. So, so much of this spring and, and even leading up to the spring is about just drilling the repetition in their minds to make it sort of second nature uh, to them. Cause they said, you know, offense is, uh, it's, it's, it's tough for them uh, to, to predict what uh, they're going to do defensively once they get that down especially compared to what they did last year with Alex Grinch. They said that there was only, you know, maybe three or four things that they do in a certain situation where now there's, you know, double that or, or even more. So uh, it, it's uh, going to take time, uh, certainly, but I think it helps that they've got not only Brent Venables, who's clearly defensive-minded, uh, they're uh, at a head coach spot, Ted Roof, who's been around him, for the last couple of years, and then a couple other guys who've been around there at Clemson. And one of their transfers, Jeffrey Johnson, a defensive lineman from Tulane, who's expected to play a big role for them this year, especially with the departure of uh, Perrion Winfrey uh, to the NFL. Johnson came from that same system uh, down at Tulane. So he said it's not a big adjustment for him, but pretty much for everybody else, uh, it's been they've had a, a, a steep learning curve this spring. One of the things that's difficult when you have a new coaching staff is the install. Have they said, as Venables or Levy or anybody said, how much of the install they're going to get done in 15 days and, and how much will they have to ramp it back up in the fall to complete that install before the season starts or at least before Big 12 play starts? 
Yeah, they they've talked, especially Ted Roof has talked about the uh, sort of the um, different uh, periods of of install, and and that uh, you know there's the the, the pre spring where you you know just drill it in their head, sort of on an academic level. The, the spring where you try to get as much work as you can packed into those those 15 practices, uh, especially. Uh, you know, and getting uh, a vibe in the, the, the scrimmages and then the, the spring game of, of where they are and then continuing in the summer and, and into preseason camp. So uh, certainly it's not something that's going to be finished here uh, in these 15 practices, uh, but uh, they, they certainly want to get as much of it in before they uh, head into the summer as, as they can because, like we talked about, it's a, a fairly complicated scheme that they've got. And with all the, the the departures on the defensive side of the ball, when you have Dylan Gabe or not Dylan Gabriel, when you have Deshaun White returning at linebacker, does that like does that help him become like I'm the leader now, or what's his role in this? Yeah, I think certainly he's the guy that you you circle and say right now is the leader of that defense. Uh, you know, he's played forever. It seems like uh, played fairly well, but you know hasn't. I think. Uh, had that breakout year that I, that I think some people expected last year uh, for them. But uh, he, he's a big part of what they're doing because that, that middle linebacker spot has to sort of take control of the defense. And, you know, he's at the center of this uh, defensive install that we've talked about. And I think he's got certainly the ability to uh, take it up another level, uh, but he needs to show that on the field this year for sure. Who who is going to take the reins and be the leader of this offense in your opinion right now? Oh, I think it, it, you've got to say Dylan Gabriel uh, for for you know everything that we we talked about earlier, but also the the fact that he's really grabbed control of that leadership role and um, made it a point to you know not only uh, spend time around his teammates and and do you know the, uh, just the throwing work the receivers and, and running backs and things like that outside of the structure of practice. But he also made it a point to have one-on-one meetings, you know, go out to, to lunch or dinner with as many of his teammates as possible just to uh, sort of establish himself uh, in, in that role. Now, you know, they've got other guys, Marvin Mims especially, uh, that uh, will be a leader on that side of the ball. Uh, Andrew Rame on the offensive line, but uh, Dylan Gabriel is a guy who's who's really uh, taken the reins uh, in that respect for sure. Hey Ryan, man, we uh, we appreciate your time. Great stuff as always, and, and and thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on as always. Hey, talk to you soon. It's uh, Ryan Abram from the uh, Oklahoman.